everyone, I'm Christine Bentley here with Kate Wheeler, and you are listening to What She Said on 105.9 The Region. Today's show is brought to you by Meridian Credit Union. Expecting more for your money? That's wealth esteem. Discussions of mental health have taken center stage following the loss of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, both of whom died by suicide. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, far too many people feel like they can't talk about their everyday lives and how mental illness really affects it. So today, we're going to talk to author Tanya Crozier, who has written two books about dealing with depression, mental health issues, and bullying. And she uses positive methods to keep things fun, but to still get down to the nitty-gritty. It's amazing that after all this awareness, it's still happening. Well, and and I think the death of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain uh, showed us that you you think people have it all, but you just never know what is going on in somebody's personal life. Um, And that we should reach out to people Constantly, instead of commiserating yeah. after after the after the fact, after because the fact. people people have demons. Absolutely. And... Uh, now we are also going to be joined by Dawn Mucci. She is the founder of Get This Lice Squad. She's going to tell us about how her business grew, but also answer some common questions about lice. Uh, for example, should a child skip school or camp if they have an outbreak, or can lice really be spread by sharing hats? You'll want to stay tuned for that. Film critic Ann Brody has the latest movie and TV reviews in Saturday Night at the Movies. The Incredibles are back, by the mm-hmm. way. And lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is back with us. Yep, and she's going to be talking today about uh, Food Bank's Food Bank Canada's Every Plateful Challenge. So that's going to be interesting. We're also going to have a chat with 23-year-old St. Catherine's-born author Landon Wakel about his first novel, Someplace Better Than Here. And closing out the show in our live studio sessions, we have Ben Kunder performing... Hardline. We're so happy you could join us today. Do make sure to join the conversation and follow us on social media. You can find us everywhere at What She Said Talk. Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. To contact the show, go to whatshesaidtalk.com. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. This is 105.9 The Region. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Discussions of mental health have taken front stage following the loss of Kate Spade and Anthony Bourdain, both of whom died by suicide. And due to stigma, far too many people feel they can't talk about their everyday lives and how mental illness really affects it. Joining us now is author Tanya Crozier, who has written two books about dealing with depression, mental health issues, and bullying. Welcome, Tanya. Thank you. Now, the first book is called Thought I'd Kill Myself But Didn't and allows readers to keep track of their state of mind. Why do you think that's important? Um, Well, usually uh, when we're going through depression, there's so many thoughts coming at us all at one time. And as all those thoughts are, are hitting us, it's really hard to distinguish what's real and what's not. Um, what's happening today and what happened before. So trying to collect our thoughts on our issues and making sure that our issues uh, are being dealt with so we're not carrying them around with us. Um, so what do you suggest? Maybe if, if someone's going through something where they're, they're having all these thoughts, they're negative thoughts, they're not, they're not feeling good, that they should maybe journal this before they go and talk to somebody? What I, what I did for myself, I did journal everything. I wrote everything down. Anytime I felt 
that I was depressed, I would write it down and, and what triggered it, um, whether it was a, a bad feeling, a bad thought, or whether it was um, somebody stating something about me that made me feel uncomfortable. Um, that's usually what triggered it. So then after you find the trigger, it, it's, it's, it's easier to, to get past it by changing those thoughts from a negative thought to a positive thought. And what I usually teach people is I wear bracelets on my arm, and whenever I get a negative thought, I take a bracelet off and I put it on the other arm. And as I'm doing that, I'm also changing the thought to a positive. So I'm, I'm more aware of my thoughts rather than having a whole bunch of them just coming at me all at one time, right? Um, I'm sure you're not suggesting that this is the way to treat depression no. or mental illness, but it's a way rather of chronicling it so that you can then go to a professional? Controlling, or yes. Controlling I, I wouldn't, I'm not here to take away from therapy. I'm mm -hmm. here to enhance it. Right. Um, I've been going through therapy all my life, right from childhood. And what I found was when I come out of therapy, I came out more empty than I went in. Because when I go in there, they're asking me how my week is and what brought me there. Um, so they're dealing with the surface issues, not with the deep down issues. So what I like to do is teach people how to bring up their issues. So if they can't deal with them, them themselves, that's what they take to therapy is those issues. Tell us a little bit about your story. What happened with, in your life? Um, well, when I was a young girl, I was molested by a man in a swimming pool. And I carried that guilt, that shame around pretty much all my life. I was almost raped as a teenager. Uh, I was in abusive relationships. I was a dancer for many years. I was an alcoholic. I was a drug addict. And I've gotten past all those issues. I did drugs and drank alcohol to, to self-medicate. Mm -hmm. And that's what I find a lot of people are doing right now is they're self-medicating, but they're also going to the therapist to get the drugs. And when you're starting, when you're self-medicating and then you're taking the medication that your therapists are giving you, you're creating chemical imbalances. And the medicine that we're being given, it, it, it makes us so we can't feel. Mm -hmm. Um so we can't feel the pain. We can't feel Numbs those. You. Yeah. Very much so, yes. And, and that's when people have that I don't give a care attitude. Mm -hmm. And because they can't feel, that's when they start to, I want to say, slip into a darker forest because that's where we go. We go into the woods and we mm -hmm. have no way of coming out. We have no way of knowing how to get out of that dark forest. What? was the moment where you said I'm 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 done with this. I am climbing out of this hole. Um it was the day I actually tried to kill myself. I was coming home from work and I'm driving down the 401 and my cutoff is coming up and it's on the left and I see a big truck on the right and I'm ready to jump into that truck. I was ready to jump the medium and hit that truck speed ahead and as I was doing that I heard someone yelling in my ear Tanya stop and before I knew it I was in my driveway bawling my eyes out because I didn't know how I got there I was supposed to die I was supposed to hit this truck and I don't know if it was drunken dreams or uh, dreams suited by the cocaine that was in my system or what, but something showed me not my life, but my children's life. Mm -hmm. And I saw my children on this big screen TV, and they're crying, and they're telling me, you know, that they don't know where I am. And I'm looking for my husband at the time, and I hear in my ear again, he's not there. He's not there. It ended up turning out 10 years later, my ex-husband was diagnosed with schizophrenia. So 
that dream told me that my husband wasn't going to be there and I needed to rearrange my life and I thought, okay, well, if I'm going to take my life, then I have to make it so my children don't have to bury me mm-hmm. and they have time to grieve. I think it's interesting that you say that because um, I know there's been a lot of controversy about the television series 13 Reasons Why. I've been mm-hmm. watching the second series um, and was, I was wondering how they were going to you know, get out of the controversy. But what they're doing is they're really delving into the lives of the people left behind and showing how much impact uh, a suicide has on those people. And I think we don't want to certainly leave our, our children or our family in pain. Um, and I don't and I know a lot of people say, well, suicide is selfish, but it it goes so far beyond that when you can't control what's going on and what you need to do. What do you hope people take from your book? Well, I hope people take from my book that they're, all I need to do is get one more day out of them. Mm-hmm. Just one more day, one more minute, because our feelings change constantly, mm-hmm. constantly. We can be happy one minute and sad the next. We can be sad one minute and happy the next. So if people can at least have one more day, at least to read the book and see the differences and changes that they can make themselves while waiting for therapy, those lineups are astronomical. You're Mm -hmm. waiting years. Mm -hmm. And a doctor only has one hour to assess you. And he needs to know or she needs to know whether you're suicidal, homicidal, or you just need to sleep. Uh, Now, Tanya, you've also written another book called A Better Side of Me. That's about bullying and how to deal with the bullies, which are sometimes ourselves. We are the bully. We are the bully. Plain and simple. If we have low Mm self-esteem, we allow people to treat us badly. If, If they're talking badly to us and we believe it, we carry those things and we beat ourselves up constantly with them, with every mistake we make. And what I want young teenagers to know is even as adults, we do whatever it takes to get through this Mm -hmm. life and we will do whatever it takes regardless whether it's a negative action or a positive action. All we have to do is make sure we're okay with the action we take. Now, both of your books are available on um, on Amazon and, and many other sites, but we're going to put up a link um, on our social media and our websites. Again, the name of the book is Thought I'd Kill Myself But Didn't, and the second book on bullying is A Better Side of Me. Are you all good now, Tanya? I am fantastic. I'm <laughs> wonderful. I live in the country. I have eight beautiful grandchildren, and I'm 51 today. And had I killed myself, I would have missed all, all of this of stuff. Well, uh, congratulations, and thank you for sharing uh, sharing with us and our audience. Thank you. Thank you for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. 
trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit KernsandCo.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Well, we know that lice don't take the summer off, and neither does Don Mucci, the founder of Lice Squad, who is here with us in studio today. Welcome to What She Said, Don. Thank you for having me, Kate Christine. So for people who may not be familiar, Lice Squad is the largest and leading professional organization of head lice experts throughout North America. Why don't you tell us about what made you want to start this? What a calling. <laughs> um, it was by happenstance. As a mother of three, uh, lice affected my children. I went looking for help, and there was really nothing available other than to go to the drugstore, grab a pesticide, put mm-hmm. that on your child. Having had that put on my head as a young girl, having lice as a young girl myself, I didn't want to do that. And I recognized a need, and I saw a problem that needed to be solved. So I made it my mission, where I guess the calling came in that form, and I just went out and sought other alternatives and started LaySquad.com. So what are the other alternatives? So we're looking at not using pesticides on children. So we use enzymes and mineral-based products, essential oil-based products. I started with essential oils and migrated into enzymes, and now we're using minerals. We do a reduction combing process as well, combined with those three implements. And it works really well. It's safer for children and the environment. And parents are really taking a liking to it because we all know what pesticides do uh, to our environment, to our foods. And, and it's not a healthy alternative for our children. So how would it work? Uh, children are diagnosed, usually, or not diagnosed, but they're, they're told at school because mm-hmm. it, there's no break in the classroom mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. everybody has to check and right. nobody knows really how to check. Exactly. I've never had it. My children didn't have it. So right. I, if I had to, I wouldn't know. Right. So what do, what would they do then? Call you and find out how to, how to, how to figure it out and how to... De- Treat it and right. Well, you're you're hitting the nail on the head. Most parents panic. It puts people into a state of, of sheer panic, and they don't know what to do. So having a resource like LiceSquad.com is a great thing for parents. Most people will go to their doctor or to the pharmacy, and most of the prescriptions will be to go and get a, a pesticide-based product. So parents can call triple eight LiceSquad or LiceSquad.com. We have a head lice helpline and a free head lice kit online for people. We're all about education because we recognize that parents don't know what to do and you we want to ki- help them. But you have a kid online, but okay, yes. so my kid Oh, come- you want service. You just want it gone. I, my like my now. kid comes home and it's like, <laughs> okay. I, I don't even know if I'm allowed okay. to let 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 him pet the dog. I mean, I don't. Yes. I don't know if I'm allowed to let yes. him out. So, what, what do I do? So you you call us so I, and we will tell you what to do, and we'll actually do it for you if you don't want to do it. Oh, so there's a physical location. to We go. have salons. They're called LS clinics. We've <gasps> named them LS clinic because people don't want to walk into a lice yes, clinic. There's exactly. A stigma no, because associated. when you said online, I thought I have to wait. Oh no, I have not to at wait all. For it to be sent. No, but the information is available in an immediate form online. Okay. We give you everything you need okay. to know about the environment, what to do with your 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 children. All of that's there for you at your fingertips. Mm-hmm. And then we're at the other end of the phone. And Perfect. whether you come into one of our LS clinics or we come to your home, because we offer both mobile and, and clinic service, uh, we're just there to take this pressure off you as a parent and get you on with life. So oh, you great. could, someone could come to your home. We could come to your home, school, camp, or daycare. We also service organizations. Excellent. So, yeah. And what is this about franchising? Yes. So happenstance, again, things happen for a reason. And when I started this business, I was with a suitcase and taking the bus to people's homes. And I got so overwhelmed with the demand, I couldn't keep up. And at the time, a woman from Sudbury called me and she said, Hi, my name is Diane, and I want to buy one of your franchises. And I had no idea what franchising was. I had no idea about business itself. I was just getting into this out of mm-hmm. trying to fill a need and, and exactly. make a living. Yeah. And I sold that woman a franchise a year after I'd started uh, my service. And she's still with me 18 years later. And that's my, that's how my forte into franchising was there was a... a a, a, a demand need. and a need and someone recognized my vision and my mission and wanted to jump on board and that's kind of what franchising is all about. 
Uh, so much so that you are, in fact, on the cover of Franchise Canada's magazine. How cool uh, this is that? Summer. This is, uh, this cool is amazing. Is and it's got women at the helm. And that's true. How many women do you have working with you? Well, we're over 200 providers strong from coast to coast. We have 27 franchise regions operating. And we have uh, all, most of our owners are women. Some are couples, uh, families. And we have um, the number of providers and franchisees that have believed in the mission and vision I started years ago and um, it's it's amazing to me and we just continue to uh, attract people who want to help other people and who understand what we're trying to accomplish and believe in the franchise model. The franchise model is an amazing growth model for business mm-hmm. because you're in business for yourself but not by yourself and you're more likely to succeed under the, the umbrella of a franchise system exactly. than if you started on your own. So what do you think or what have you found that some of the benefits of franchising mm-hmm. are other than the the support, which mm-hmm. you just said, but mm-hmm. especially for women and moms. Well, I think the benefit is a lifestyle. You know, you can carve out your lifestyle and there's the flexibility there. And there's also the camaraderie of having other people that you can come to and, and mm-hmm. talk to about your struggles in business or your successes in business. And it's it's a family it's a family atmosphere. We call them our, our franchise partners because we are in a, in a partnership together. And when we're all working in synergy, things really um, are great. And, and we have to and when it's not, we're all there to rally each other and, and get that synergy back. So how many franchises are there? Is it across the country? We have franchises from Newfoundland all the way to Prince George, B.C. And Most are you of them expanding? Are in Ontario. Of course we are. We're South a- of the oh, border? We actually chose not to do that at this oh. point. Um, there's a difficulty <laughs> in um, U.S. expansion. There's different there's differences between the markets. So we have to be, be cognizant of that. And when we are ready to do it, do it right. Mm-hmm. We are uh, very much looking at getting more into uh, British Columbia and Calgary, which are markets that are wide open for people to take mm-hmm. uh, advantage of this great investment. Yeah. So, yeah. Because the thing is, it's it's common everywhere. As yes. you were pointing out, Kate, mm-hmm. uh, it used to be that there was an association of dirty children. Right. Uh, when in fact, it's the cleaner you are, the more the attractive you are. Like, yes. <laughs> and that's lice. exactly it. And when people get lice, they automatically go into a fear-shame-based state of mind. And they don't understand that the stigma of lice is just as bad as the stigma of any other thing that we are looking at that people have a wrong understanding of. And lice do affect anybody. If you have hair on your head, you can have lice. There's no economic, there's no so- race, there's no anything. If you have hair, you can get lice. And you- well, it's a little bit like bed bugs. We had a situation yes. in our condo and mm-hmm. somebody had brought in an antique piece. Yes. And the movers had put it down, mm-hmm. picked it up, put it down, mm-hmm. and they finally found that it was on that 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 it came in. So it has nothing to do with a dirty Absolutely place not. or or Absolutely not. It's in fact just, they like clean hair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They do. That's great. They do like clean hair. Now what what about um can uh Lice be spread by sharing hats. Yes, definitely. So definitely. any head-to-head or hair-to-item contact, you're at risk of picking up lice. And sometimes in swimming pools, if lice have fallen off the head and they're floating on the water. So you want to take a peek once a week because if you check ahead, you can avoid the spread much easier than if you just didn't check and you waited and two months later you're infested. What about with pets? Would you keep the, your pets away from your children until... A human head lice don't affect pets, which is oh. the good news. So there's no transmission to worry about in, in, in cats or dogs or whatever pets you have. They have their own lice. And we won't get those either. They may bite us, but they're not going to inhabit, you know, use us as a habitat. So is it a good idea then if you find, let's say, your, your child is infested to sort of keep them away from everybody until you can have a chance to... Yes, yes. And avoid head-to-head contact. And yeah. one thing people don't do, which I know is because of the stigmas. They don't advise the, their children's playmates, families, or the school or the daycare that, you know, my child has lice, just so you know, can you please check everyone that yeah. she's been around? That doesn't get done, and this is what perpetuates it, to, uh, this, you know, from going around and round, because the stigma. Well, if somebody effective like you mm-hmm. is uh, is in charge of this, how mm-hmm. long does it take to get rid of? If you come to us, you're lice-free in an hour. We have a one-and-done solution with a oh mineral. Oh, my goodness! With a mineral that basically... Uh, dehydrates both lice and eggs. It's called our one-time head lice solution, and that's one of our options. If you want to do some follow-up and other uh, stuff yourself, we have the service where you would be 
within a week or two lice-free just doing reduction combing process. So, yeah, we have uh, everything taken care of. All right. So where can people go to get more tips and mm-hmm. learn more about Lice Squad? You can go to the CFA website, uh, cfa.ca. Uh, they have a list of all of the franchise opportunities there. We're one of those franchise opportunities. Our website is licesquad.com, or you can call 888-LICE-SQUAD. And um, that's how you can get a hold of us. Okay, so LiceSquad.com. And on Twitter, it's just at, at Lice Lice Squad. Squad. Mm-hmm. And um, on Facebook, it's LiceSquad.com Superheroes? What's we, that page? Uh, we wanted to take the stigma away from Lice. So we make our customer experience all about superheroes. Our clinics are decked out in superheroes. When Aww, kids come in to get treated, we put capes you. on them, red superhero capes. We give them a lifesaver at the end of their visit. Mom gets a stress-free tea. Uh, <laughs> we have it all for you. So uh, you get Lice, uh, Aww, you know who to call. It's a nice experience. Yeah, John Mucci, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com tc or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Saturday night and the moon is Who cares what picture you see When you're Joining us now for Saturday Night at the Movies is our gardening film critic, Anne Brody. And today we are feeling incredible because Incredibles 2 is finally out. 14 years after the original. Is it really 14 years? Isn't that unbelievable? Wow. So Brad Bird, mm-hmm. whose interview is on our website, said he would wait until he had the right idea, the right story, and the, you know, the, the state of mind where he wanted to go there again. Okay. So this is it. This time it's quite different though because Holly Hunter, who plays Elastigirl, Mrs. Mrs. of the of the family, mm-hmm. she's the one who puts an apron on her husband. He does the housework, looks after the kids, and she goes out and saves the world. There we go. Yeah, it's uh, it's a step forward in a lot of ways. So it's uh, it's a good thing. Hmm. Are you going to see it? Probably. Probably not. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't have any kids to take anymore, and I feel right. so. I feel so strange. I can I'm take. I'm so relieved. Like Alex nephews. says I can take him. <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> How was Bow? Bow, my God, it was fantastic. It's actually done by a girl who was uh, born in China, raised in Toronto in Chinatown, got a job interning at Pixar. Now has a feature film deal based on this short Bow, and it's the one that's opening we, for Incredibles too. Yes, okay. all summer long. So it's a very clever wordplay on Bow, which means variously ba- baby, dumpling, and small gift. So it's all tied together. Um, a mother in Chinatown is feeling the blue because she's had an empty nest and she's, she can't deal with it. So she cooks and a little baby dumpling springs to life. <laughs> <laughs> and then something really shocking happens. 
and it, it winds up, and I, it's another tearjerker, and it's so good. Now, you interviewed Domi Shi, and he, here is a clip. Well, I'll never forget seeing that film. Uh, I was at a screening for The Incredibles. I didn't know about it now. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going, oh, did you see? See a tower? Yeah. Chinatown. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah. stunning. Oh, and you. I'm so happy that it brings a little of our city to the world. Yeah, I am too. Uh, like, I could have said it in any generic kind of city, but I chose Toronto uh, because, yeah, it's my hometown. I wanted to pay homage to it. Uh, I've never seen it animated on the big screen, so it it was a cool opportunity to see that. Um, But also, like, adding those little specific details about where this story takes place uh, grounds the story in reality, and it makes, you know, it makes this character's, like, emotions and feelings feel more real because, you know, she's in a real place. She's living in Scarborough or she's living in Chinatown in Toronto, taking the TTC. You empathize with her more that way. Congratulations. What a wonderful film. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. And now for something completely different. A gripping Irish noir (laughs) thriller thriller called, what else? Beast. Beast. (laughs) Bow Beast. Uh, Yes, so it's a couple of of young kids. I've never seen them before. But the girl is uh, in this small island community. She's really kept under her mother's thumb. Very repressive woman. She actually plays uh, Anne Green Gables, you know, Marilla Mm -hmm. on the the CBC show. So anyway... um, She's actually a victim of a sexual assault when a complete stranger carrying a gun saves her. Mm-hmm. And they get together and she's worried about her mother finding out. And uh, But then they fall in love and she just stands up to everything. It's about her empowerment, really. Meanwhile, there's a serial killer knocking people off on this island. So it's all very intense. Uh, great, great tension throughout. Great pacing. And you just can't wait to see what's going to happen, both on her personal level and on the the mm-hmm. investigation. Uh, Highly recommended. Okay, and Goliath with Billy Bob Thornton as Billy McBride. That's uh, season two, it must be. Season two, yeah. I hadn't Prime. heard of it before. Mm-hmm. But uh, yes, so he's a, a lawyer who's now content to live on the skids. He's actually a little bit in hiding because of the last case he did last season. Um, A friend comes to him and asks him to practice again in order to uh, defend his son, his 16-year-old son who's been accused of murder. So reluctantly he does it, and uh, oh, it's big. It just unleashes the hounds, and the FBI get involved, and he's on the run. So it's interesting. Not exactly my cup of tea, but um, Mm -hmm. Billy Bob fans will love it. Okay. The Man in the Orange Shirt. Oh, that's Vanessa Redgrave, right? Yeah. Vanessa Redgrave. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. This is really a devastating story. It's on PBS Masterpiece uh, this Sunday, and um, she tells her grandson about her relationship with her husband back in the 20s. Um, He was gay. Mm-hmm. and the effect that it had on their family's lives generation to generation. And he's also gay. I'm telling you, it'll rip your heart out. It's so such a good So the son is gay, and the father was gay? Yeah, the grandson was gay, and yeah, yeah, and the f- grandfather. But it's so tenderly told. The grandfather's mate was actually thrown in prison because that homosexuality was, was illegal, illegal up until very recent times in the mm-hmm. UK. Absolutely. Um, and... You got retweeted and liked by Diane Keaton for your interview uh, on the book club. You had to pick me up off the floor. <laughs> <laughs> I said, I said, I sent her a copy of a screenshot of the tweet saying, "That's cool." Yes. Like, Whoa, that's very cool. <laughs> that's very yes, cool. Yes, yes. Well, it's great to know that the fellow cast members are watching and approving of your in- interviews because that one was with Mary Steenburgen. Maybe Mary Steenburgen, yes, who's just a lovely soul. As is Diane. I've interviewed her a couple of times, but I sure didn't expect her to retweet anything. Uh, uh, well, well, congratulations. Thank you. And thank you. Uh, we will talk to you next weekend. We will. Connect with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler at whatshesaidtalk.com. Hunger 
does not take a break for the summer, does it? And holidays put additional financial pressure on so many families. Lifestyle expert Lena Almeida is here to tell us about an important challenge that we should all take part in. Welcome back. Thank you. It's so good to be back. Well, exactly as you said, hunger does not take the summer off. And in fact, food banks over the summer months, there's actually higher traffic than normal. And I know most of us think about donating to food banks in winter months or around holidays. Exactly. But in fact, Food Banks Canada estimates that 900,000 Canadians... Pardon? 900,000 Canadians will access a food bank in the months of July and August. So, and believe it or not, donations are at an all-time low in the summer months. So we really need to make sure that we're getting those donations in. And here's the thing. When I heard this, I was shocked. I know I'm going to shock you, too. (laughs) For just $1, Food Banks Canada can provide three quality meals. I do not understand this. Kate and I discussed this. I I do not understand how they can possibly do that. They have buying power. They have, you know, relationships Mm -hmm. with people in the food industry. They have experts who know to make how to make that dollar stretch. And if we do the math, that means that this July and August, they need to provide 26 million meals. And again, Donations are an all-time low. So I'm here to remind everyone that, you know, hunger does not take a break over the summer months. And food banks, your local food bank, Food Banks Canada, they need your donations. Okay, so they've set up a challenge. Yes. Okay, let's start. Now, there's one hashtag, Summer Hunger Challenge. Summer Hunger Challenge is the hashtag. I took the challenge last week twice. I failed miserably both times. So what's the challenge? Can- <laughs> so the challenge is to see if you can eat on $1 a day. Just as they can provide three meals for $1 a day, can you, you know, have sustain yourself on a dollar a day? And I failed. I couldn't even do one meal mm-hmm. on a dollar. And it goes, and when I talk about the food banks, you know, offering three meals, those are balanced meals. Those are quality meals. I can maybe buy a bag of ramen noodles, instant noodles, and say, okay, there's the my dollar. dollar. Store. There e- you go. Exactly. So do the challenge. So they're asking people to try it, document it on social media, because that's how we get everything, all the you know information now. Mm-hmm. We want people to do on social media. Tag your friends publicly so they know you're doing the challenge. But here's the thing. After you've done the challenge, if you're successful, amazing. We all want to look to you and see how you did this. Mm-hmm. But if not, consider it, consider donating the money that you normally spend on food in a day to Food Banks Canada. Because we know whether it be $10, $20, or $30, they're going to turn that into many, many, many meals. Well, they they actually prefer you to donate over giving canned goods yes, because they have such buying power with the corporate relationships that they have. Is that right? 100%. I think intrinsically we all feel good to kind of like drop that tin of food in the donation basket because Mm -hmm. we think, okay, it's tangible. We've done our part. But again, if I go out and buy, you know, a can of tuna for a dollar, I'm giving a can of tuna. Whereas if I donate a dollar, they're going to turn that into three meals. I was even thinking about peanut butter, which is maybe six dollars. Yes. And peanut butter isn't even a meal. No. And we think, you know, oh, I'm donating high quality protein. I'm giving six dollars. But the quick math tells you that that's 18 meals versus mm-hmm. a jar of peanut butter. So I think we need to change our thinking a bit. I think food donations and food drives are amazing, but the you know the push is if if you can donate actual money, they do what they do best. They're going to turn that into a lot many mm. many more meals. You know what? I think we should all donate money and then at some point Food Banks Canada should have their experts tell us how we can we can buy food more uh, effectively. That's I think I think we idea. need I think we need bigger buying power. Yeah. Or we, but you know I I do that sometimes. I'll go to one of the big box mm-hmm. stores like a Costco or something and buy with friends. Yes, that, that because we're not going to eat before it goes off. So I think that if you can get reductions that way, maybe right. somehow that that helps and you can split it up. We all need to be more conscious of food waste. Yeah, as food well. waste. Exactly. Exactly. Yes, and then of course. The third thing I just really wanted to do today was educate people about summer hunger. One okay. of the reasons people say is, well, why are donations at a low and demand at a 
high. Um, it's because schools are out. And believe it or not, after school programs and lunch programs. Breakfast programs. Yeah, a lot of kids depend on that for a meal. And so when schools are closed, they're being, you know, diverted. Now they're going to the food bank, so to their local food bank. So, And I think probably a lot of people are away. So they're not remembering, they're not at the grocery mm, store yeah, putting true. in the bin mm-hmm. and... So they're away at the cottage and exactly out of the routine. So where can people go to take part? Sure. So for more information, they can go to foodbankscanada.ca. And everyplateful.ca has more information on the Summer Hunger Challenge and just ways that you can get involved as well. Well, Alina Almeida, thank you so much for telling us about this. Uh, we're sorry you failed on your <laughs> dollar a day challenge, but I'm sure there are some uh, interesting pictures will come out on uh, Instagram and various other social sites with this. You bet. And I spent the money that I would have spent on food on both those both days to donate to Food Banks Canada. So good. it's all good. My fail was their win. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll talk to you again next weekend. You bet. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Fashion is everything when it comes to hair, so trust your hair to an artist. Jason Kearns of Kearns & Co. is known across North America for making the hottest high fashion looks work for real people. Jason and his team of expert stylists bring together creativity, vision, and the very latest hair care systems, color, and products to create looks that have heads turning. Your hair is the most important fashion accessory you will ever own. Trust it to the experts. Start today. Visit kernsandco.com. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said. She's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler. Welcome back. Joining us now is 23-year-old St. Catherine's-born author, Landon Wakel, who has just published his first novel called Someplace Better Than Here. Welcome to What She Said. Well, hi. Thank you, What She Said. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Now, this novel originally began as a series of chapters that you uploaded onto the website Wattpad, which I know nothing about, you'll have to tell me. And after a massive amount of positive feedback from eager online readers... Uh, you decided to give them a book? Yeah, give them the whole the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, so Wattpad is essentially, as I describe it to people, like the YouTube for writers. So anyone can go on, make themselves an account, and upload a novel mm-hmm. or a story, whatever it may be. And this actually started off as a screenplay, this novel. So I sort of just used my screenplay as a skeleton to, you know, base the the writing off of. And then I, a colleague of mine said, hey, you should upload it on Wattpad. And like you, I had no clue what it was. And then I started getting amazing feedback from readers and it gave me the confidence to pursue this and publish it as a full-on, full-on book. Okay, so Someplace Better Than Here is yes. described as a coming-of-age novel inspired by classic rock anthems and American teenage myths of love and teenage angst. So tell us about the story. All right. Well, the story is, like, as you said, that coming-of-age mm-hmm. new adult novel because the characters are just finished high school. And it's about a boy and a girl named Danny and Mary living in their small town of Gilmore Park, New Jersey. And sort of how they fall in love and while their love story grows, uh, the darkness of their town and their family's past sort of come up and haunt them. And it's up to them to ultimately decide how they're going to get out of that dysfunction and find, insert title, someplace better than here. So this all, I mean, the screenplay. Yes. 
that you started with was inspired by Springsteen's Thunder Road. Yeah, it was. Um, I, you know, I grew up listening to Psychedelic Sunday and all the great 60s and 70s music that my parents would play. I was going to say, your parents, because you are only 23. I keep thinking, like, this is my music. It's not your, not your music. Yeah, safe to say I don't really get along with anyone when we're driving in the car, you know. Um, yeah, so I just love the imagery that he, that's Bruce built in that song. And it made me wonder, well, who is this girl, Mary, and what is her story? Mm-hmm. So I guess I just took my own experiences and what I pretended or imagined her story would be and made it my own and wrote it in this book. Um, your dedication reads, the story. this story is dedicated to those who had lived it. Why do you think so many people resonated with the first four chapters that you originally posted online? A very deep question. Um, I think it's something incredibly universal. Um, you know, that uh, longing for something better, whether you're actually looking to get out of a place into another one, an emotional place, a spiritual place. And uh, because the novel is really crammed with a lot of nostalgia. So I think it's a story that does appeal to all ages and all demographics. And because I wasn't, uh, I wasn't shy in how I wrote the characters. I want to give a very unflinching, realistic look at what it means to be 17 years old, unsure of where you're going, unsure of where you've been, and what what that comes with. So did you draw from your personal experiences writing this? Um, dedicated to those who had lived it? Um, yeah, a little bit. Um, it's just a lot of what I've, I observed just growing up where I did and the stories of people that I loved and the stories of my friends. And so I took bits of bits and pieces you know, reworked it with some creativity and imagination. Well, it seems to me that you have found your place, unlike many people your age and many people younger than you. I mean, I remember being your age and younger than you, and I had no clue. And I felt very out of my skin. And I think that's sort of, did I want something better? Maybe I wanted something different. I didn't know what I wanted. But you seem to know. So where did that come from, that sure... That oh, sureness. Geez, um, I, I'm not even sure if there is a sureness. I mean, this is just the beginning. Um, I really don't have an answer for myself. It's just something that I've always been a passionate, driven person. And I guess it was really passion that took me to this place. And I'll see from here. So what what else do you do with your, with your life? Is writing, you're devoting all your time to writing? Uh, so far, yeah, it's just so far writing this book and then getting out there, promoting it and talking mm-hmm. about it and talking about, um, you know, the characters and what they've gone through and sharing it with the world. Now that you've written the book, mm-hmm. are there other things that are sort of simmering under the surface that you would like to explore? Um, yeah, the things I'd really like to explore, I guess, so far are the themes presented in this novel. Um, I guess a big thing with this book right now and what's going on is that I want to talk about my protagonist, Mary. The novel switches between both Danny and Mary. Mm -hmm. And Mary is a young woman who experiences a lot of, um, unfortunately, the struggles that a lot of young girls, which is very, which is made evident in the media today, do, do deal with. And it does uh, gloss on some, you know, um, domestic um, abuse lightly and just, um, what 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 goes on with with those young girls and i wanted to write a story where i wrote a strong female character and at times she may be vulgar or a little tough or incredibly opinionated but i wanted to really share something that both men and women could read but particularly girls of the demographic and say and they can maybe it can remind them or teach them that no you can be strong and as great as this love may be that you discovered if it's not healthy for you, you have to say no. And who, who are the strong female role models in your life? That's a great question. Um, I'd have to say the women that I grew up with, my grandmother, my mother, my aunts, um, all incredibly strong, smart, independent women, and a lot of my friends as well. A lot of the people, a lot of the, you know, the characters that you know, found their way into this uh, were the strong strong role models. It's interesting because, I mean, you, 
You have said that the, the novel is influenced musically by lyricists, as we, as we talked about, Bruce Springsteen, also Bob Dylan and Cat Stevens. Yes. Um, why was music such a significant inspiration for you? I believe music was such, uh, you know, a significant inspiration is because there's such a power in sound. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I can get all detailed about it, but essentially, you know, music has that way of moving us. So the way I, cause I always, you know, formulated it in my mind was that we all hear major and minor chords the same way. So it sort of mm -hmm. speaks that we all feel joy and sadness the same way. So when you couple that with, you know, brilliant poetry, which I'll, you know, I call my favorite lyrics, um, it really can move you and take you to a place where, and that's where I went when I would write, I'd listen to mm -hmm. these great songs and these lyrics and it would, um, you know, transform the space I was in. I'm just interested because lyrics are my, I mean, I love the music, but lyrics are what's important to yes. me in a song. And I miss that in songs these oh, days. Absolutely. You're oh, 23. Yeah. Do you agree with Oh, me? 110%. I mean, you listen to the radio nowadays and I mean, I can't even... I don't feel, you know, right saying on air what the songs are mm -hmm. mostly composed of. And these are stories. They, they, came, they were birthed of a, mm -hmm. of a gritty place, of a hardworking place. And I think those artists back then worked with integrity. And it wasn't all about just how popular or how many, you know, mm -hmm. uh, drugs you could take listening to music. Mm -hmm. And people turn to music, I think, for deeper reasons than they do now. Or at least for radio music. It's not fair to say to have the indie market. Yeah, no, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Um, I, I, I think, I think we should be talking movie, movie, movie about the book. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I, I agree. Yeah. I mean, like any eager producers, directors, <laughs> you know, investors out there want to give me a call. You know, just send me a DM on Instagram. Because goodness yeah. knows, I, I'm sure you know Bruce Springsteen is a great, great guy. He probably, you know, yeah, I, 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 I've met the boss twice. Yeah, have yeah. You? yeah. yeah. Uh, first time I was going probably a little crazy at one of his shows in Rochester. I was 18 years old and it was still a screenplay back then. And afterwards, like traffic was just terrible. I was with my dad. We're like, yeah, let's just go to like the Hyatt and, you know, get a drink or something to eat. And then we're at the Hyatt bar and we see John Lando and Max Weinberg. I'm like, oh, wow, like the band's here. This is this is kind of cool. And then my dad's like, hey, Land, like, you know, don't don't look yet, but, but there's <laughs> Bruce coming towards you. And he just came up and said, oh, how did you enjoy the show? And I'm nervous. And I'm like, oh, Mr. Springsteen, um, you know, I just want to thank you for your I, your poetry. Um, I wrote a screenplay inspired from Thunder Road. So he just put his hands on my shoulders and said, you know, keep keep at it. Like, good for you. That's great. And then the second time um, they're doing sound check for their river tour two years ago uh -huh. and I sort of like snuck my way into the soundtrack <laughs> and uh, kind of spoke to him again there. So I'm hoping third time's a charm and I can, you know, hold Give up this the book. book and say, yeah, hey, absolutely. yo, Bruce, you know. We wish you all the best. Yeah, well, thank you. What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler will be right back. Still being picked on for being picky? Perfect. Meridian's good-to-grow high-interest savings account was made for you. At Meridian, we say be picky. Order that half-calf, half-sweet, no-foam latte with whip. <sighs> Try on your whole closet until your outfit is outstanding. And accept nothing less than 3% interest for four months when you open your first good-to-grow high-interest savings account. Meridian, expecting more for your money. That's wealth esteem. Terms and conditions apply. Escape instantly with Kobo. Discover nearly 6 million ebooks and audiobooks on Kobo.com. Download the free Kobo app and start reading today. It's a world of stories in the palm of your hand. Today's the day to try something new. Second City Training Center is home to North America's largest school of improv. Whether you're looking to build confidence through a public speaking class, test out some new material at the stand-up drop-in series, or just want to stop by and see what's up with improv, they'd love to have you. Visit them online today at secondcity.com TC or call 416-340-7270. This is 105.9 The Region. What she said, she's powerful, wonderful, honest and lovable. Now back to What She Said with Christine Bentley and Kate Wheeler.
are listening to is Fight for Time by singer-songwriter Ben Kunder, who joins us in studio now. Welcome to What She Said. Hi, thanks for having me. Now, that song is from your brand new album, Better Human, which comes out on June 29th. Now, you say it's about sharing darkness uh, to see the light. What does that mean? Well, it's... I think it has to do with the fact that we especially in uh, today's age where we're surrounded by technology and social media has such a huge prevalence in our Mm -hmm. society. We sort of seem to put our best selves out into the world and maybe don't share the fact that we um, have some darkness, anxiety, and and depression and struggles with all the positive things in our lives. Mm -hmm. For example, I have... Um, an incredible partner and beautiful children and a, a career doing what I love, uh, but I still struggle to find um, complete joy and and positivity in it all. And um, realizing that, you know, sharing what, uh, what we're going through with each other is maybe more important than... Um, than putting just sort of what our mm. uh, what is our Edward facade. Now is. you you grew up listening to Neil Young, Bob Dylan, Joni Mitchell, Van Morrison. Starting at a very young age, due to your parents' influences, would you say that those artists still influence you today? Because they do have some fairly relevant songs to what you were just mentioning. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. I always look back to the songwriters and artists that inspired me to begin with. Mm-hmm. With music now. Um, and I w- I'm a huge believer in in the writing of the song, the songwriting itself, and the craft of mm-hmm. songwriting. So people like Bob Dylan and Neil Young and and Joni Mitchell um, always inspired me to sort of uh, write better and, and write from an honest place. You're going to be celebrating the album with a hometown show on Wednesday, June 27th at the Monarch Tavern. So where can people go to learn more about that and get some tickets or Yeah, whatever. you can go to my website, which mm-hmm. is bencunder.com, or any of my social media pages. And there are links on the website, uh, Monarch Tavern's website. And you'll hopefully hear more of me and my music and different radio and, and publications around, too. That'll give you links to the, to the tickets. Awesome. Now, uh, you are going to be performing your song called Hardline for us today, and we can't wait to hear it. We just want to let everyone know that that is it for what she said today. We will be back again tomorrow at noon right here on 105.9 The Region. But singing us out now in our live studio sessions, here is Ben Kunder performing Hardline. frames upon the wall Nursery rhymes and records make me smile Make me feel more than human for a while Now I'm living the hard line And I'm losing all the good times Can you tell me how to get back to you? Now I'm closer than I've ever been. Will you let me go or let me in? Can you tell me how to get back to you? We paved over this town. built it up only to tear it down plant a tree in memory of us make me feel more than human more than dust now I'm living the hard line and I'm losing all the good times Can you tell me how to get back to you? Now I'm closer than I've ever been. Will you let me go or let me in? Can you tell me how to get back to you?
Now I'm living the hard line And I'm losing all the good times Can you tell me how to get back to you? Now I'm closer than I've ever been Will you let me go or let me in? Can you tell me how to get back to you? Can you tell me how to get back? It is your favorite girl. That's right, it's the Ali Mars. The one and the only. Everyone else just ain't me. I am the host of Welcome to Mars, a lifestyle podcast where nothing is off the table. I have come a long way from sex and dating and have transformed the new vibe to all things lifestyle. We still talk sex, but I'm more interested in the journey, where people have come from, how they made it, and where they're going. Subscribe or follow to a brand new look and a brand new era. Welcome to Mars. Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify, Google, or at theallymars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate. Come on a journey like no other, where you will discover many rogues that will lead you to a happier, healthier, and more stress-free life. And the beauty is, you don't need any vacation time for this adventure. The journey will come to you. Join Avery Rich on your very own journey into yoga. Along the way, she will demystify yoga poses and guide you into a yoga posture or short sequence, all in less than 15 minutes. You have nothing to lose but stress. The Journey Into Yoga podcast. It's not for people who like yoga. It's for people who don't like yoga. Follow or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at AveryRich.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.